talked about the servant leader at home, and tonight I want to talk about the servant leader uh, on the job, uh, serving uh, leadership, servant leadership as far as the Bible talks about it, is basically serving God so well, serving one so well that God gives you another, serving them so well God gives you someone else and someone else until you have a greater sphere of influence. Uh, servants don't advertise uh, much. You'll never see some a sign up that says, quiet, servant at work. Uh, people don't put that on their resume, usually. They don't put it on a business card. Servants don't advertise. But being a servant necessarily does not mean having a lowly position, but it does include having a lowly heart and being able to uh, not be above anything that God wants us to do. Not long ago, I was, uh, wife and I were out to eat with some friends and we had a very mean waitress. Now, she did not say, hello, my name is Grumpy and I'll be your waitress tonight, but she could have said that. She had a servant's position, but not a servant's heart. A lot of times, Christians, we are in a servant's position, but we do not have a servant's heart. Many Christians, uh, by virtue of their Christianity, we are servants, by the way, and yet we don't act the way that we should. And so having talked about the attitude of a servant leader and servant leadership at home, uh, I want to just touch on the fact tonight that if we are a servant leader, we don't just talk about it on Sunday morning. It's going to touch every aspect of your life as a mother, a father, a husband, a wife, brother, sister, child, parent. Whatever position we have, we ought to uh, make this servant leadership a focus of it. Tonight we look at servant leadership on the job. Servanthood, if it is real, will be seen in all aspects of our life. It's not enough to come to church and talk about being a servant or being a... Uh, now again, as I, I know we're talking about leadership, but I keep using the word servant. Uh, Bible speaking, they're kind of interchangeable. In fact, you don't find the word leader in the Bible. You do find the word servant over and over and over. It wasn't Moses my leader, it was Moses my servant. And Jesus was called a servant, but not a leader, although both of those were tremendous leaders. So it is not enough just to come and talk about it. If we're going to serve, it's, uh, it should be seen where we work, where we live. There are at least three reasons why this should be true specifically on the workplace, at the workplace. Number one, that's where you're going to spend most of your life. Uh, I came to this realization a number of years ago when I was still working full-time in, in the auto parts industry, and I was thinking one day that I spend more awake time at work than I spend at home. Uh, altogether is more at home, but half the time there I'm sleeping. So, uh, But more awake time at work than at home. Do you think it's important then how we live there? Absolutely. How, it's important how we carry ourselves. Servanthood should be seen there. Uh, number two, that's where your faith is most clearly seen. Here inside the church, we're all Christians. We all claim to be Christians anyway. We all love Jesus, but uh, out there we're rubbing shoulders with people that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it's one thing to say, I'm a servant and be a servant here within these four walls. It's another thing to do it outside of here, uh, whether it's at the workplace or your home, wherever it might be. Remember that Jesus said in Matthew 5.14, Ye are the light of the world. In verse 16, he said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, how do we show our Christian faith? We show it by having the right spirit about us. 
by the good deeds that we do outside of this place. Marion Wade was the founder of a company called Service Master, and he was a Christian. And he hung a sign up on his original office that he opened up, and it said this, if you don't live it, you don't believe it. We really could apply that to many of our lives. We can claim things, but if we don't live it, we don't really believe it. So that's where you're going to spend most of your life. That's where your faith is most clearly seen. Thirdly, on the job is where servanthood is the most needed in our world. Now, our American system is based on capitalism. Capitalism is based on competition. Now, I will say, thank God for that. I'm glad to be in a capitalist society. Amen? That's why we have the success that we have. Uh, but competition and capitalism, that's not uh, bad. It can be very good. It can be healthy. It can motivate us to do our best. But competition in a fallen world can be very ugly. It can be very negative. It can be mean-spirited. The workplace can often be an aggressive place, a ruthless place. Uh, you're told that the way to the top is to look out for number one. Uh, climb as fast as you can, and sometimes workplaces are such that stepping on people is okay, as long as we can just advance ourselves. Get to the top and fight as hard as you can to stay there. It can be tough out there. It can be hard. It can be cold. That's why being a servant on the job is so important, because there aren't that many servants in society today. People are not volunteering to be servants. What does a servant look like on the job? Well, it might surprise you. Let's look at our text here, Ephesians chapter 6. We're starting at verse number 5. Servants, be obedient to them which are your masters, that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Father, I pray you'd help us tonight as we look at this idea of servant leadership at the workplace. I pray you'd help us to apply these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the preceding passages, which we dealt with last week, have to do with husbands, wives, children, and parents. And you can see Paul's progression in this passage of Scripture. He has talked about being a servant in marriage. He's talked about being a servant at home. Now he's going to talk about being a servant in the workplace. Now, in this passage, there are two levels that we're discussing. Uh, we have the servant, which the original word for servant in verse 5 is slave. And you have the master. Now, that basically, in today's vernacular, that would be employee and employer. Uh, this is good because most of us live on one level, and many of us then also live on both levels. Because all of us have people we work for, uh, people who are over us, people we answer to. Even the President of the United States has people he answers to. It's called the American public. So all of us have people that uh, we answer to, then most of us have people that are on our level, and then most of us have people who work for us or under us or answer to us in some way. So for most of us, this passage applies all these verses that we read. What is God's message to those of us who work for a living? It's in one word, really, here. The key word is obey. He says, servants, be obedient. Now, there's nothing 
tricky or hidden about that. It's simply, it's pretty simple. We all know that we ought to obey. When we go to the job, we ought to do what we're told. Exactly how do we do that? What does obedience look like on the job? Let's break it down here because he tells us how, starting at verse number 5, when he says, to be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling. So number one, do your work respectfully. This is what servant leadership looks like on the job. Do your work respectfully. You ought to go, the Bible says here, with fear and trembling, that you do a good job that day, taking your job seriously, lest you do a poor one and be a bad testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us take what God has told us to do in our life and given us to do, we take it lightly. The Bible says when you go to your job or when you're visiting with a client or when you make a sale or when you have a project to complete, we are to approach that with fear and trembling so that we can do our best work. As Christians, no matter what our job is, our motto should be do good work. That's what the idea is here in this passage. There ought to be a standard, a higher standard, for those who carry the name of Christ in as far as we are Christians. Always I have believed that the best worker at the site or the office should be the Christian. Amen? That should be the hardest worker, the most honest, the most dependable, the most trustworthy person. And we have lost that attitude in America today. We've lost the idea in our culture of doing a good works, uh, good uh, day of work for a good day's pay. We've lost the idea of good, doing a good job, giving 100% at the job site. I've heard, saw this sign, actually I've seen it a bunch of times, you've probably seen it too, uh, always give 100% at work. 12% on Monday, 23% on Tuesday, 40% on Wednesday, 20% on Thursday, and 5% on Friday. That's not what we're talking about here, but that's how a lot of people live, isn't it? Giving as little as they can, getting by with what they can get by with. In our society, we've lost the idea of craftsmanship and workmanship and excellence and the idea that work is a noble pursuit that's even scoffed at in this day and age. A while back, the cover of the New York uh, Herald Tribune magazine printed a picture of the Statue of Liberty from a helicopter's view just above the backside of her head. And it showed the top of this statue's head, and I was amazed when I saw the picture of the detail in this. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that angle, but the sculptor did a meticulous job with Lady Liberty's hairdo. Uh, he, he must have, uh, I mean, he spent time on a lot of things, I'm sure. But it's interesting to me, even though he must have thought that the only thing that would ever see this hairdo was an uninterested and unimpressed seagull because this sculpture was dedicated in 1886. The Wright brothers did not fly till 1903. He did, had, had to have no idea that one day people would actually be able to see this statue from above. But he took as much care for her hairdo and the top of her head as he did her arms and uh, her her face, the torch, all the things that people can see. I think that's impressive. Whatever we do, whether we're creating a work of art or whether we are uh, doing any kind of work, our job, our daily job, we ought to do it in such a way that one day an instrument could be invented to find you out and it would find that you've done your best. You've done everything you can and uh, went all the way through that. How do you find, how do you, how you do anything 
is how you do everything. That's a motto that I've tried to instill in the past few years of my life. How you do anything is how you do everything. Let me say it this way. Being a Christian is no excuse for shoddiness. Being a Christian is no excuse for slacking off. We ought to be the hardest worker at the shop or at the office. Christians ought to be the most dependable uh, person there. And that, when that happens, by the way, then the servant becomes the leader. Because people will notice your work. They will, uh, you, you'll probably be promoted into leadership positions as you do those things because uh, we do that through servant leadership. That's the idea in the Bible of leadership is we live the life of a servant. Number two, moving on this passage, do your work sincerely. It says here, in singleness of your heart as unto Christ. Singleness, the original word means sincerity. It also means with concentration. In, in the idea of putting all else aside and focusing at the job at hand. How many of us, times that we were supposed to be working, have went down the warm hole of the internet? I was going to say the rat hole of the internet, but I talked about rats this morning and I found out that it makes, gives Barb Cooper the heebie-jeebies just to hear the word rats. So I'm not going to use the word rats anymore from the pulpit uh, anymore. She hates rats as much as I hate rats, and so I'm not going to use that word rats anymore. I got your back, Barb, for you. But uh, before we know it, we can spend hours going down uh, the path of the internet, social media. Listen, if we're going to be Christians on the job, we ought to concentrate on the job that God has given us to do. Give it a 100% effort. The word singleness there. You know what that word literally means? No folds. You think of a robe, picture a robe with a lot of folds in it. You can't see the whole thing because it was folded up. Uh, what he's saying here is when you work, there ought to be no folds, no hidden ideas, no secret agendas. If you're going to be a Christian on the job, what you see is what you get. We ought to be dependable. We ought to be trustworthy on the job. It means you show up on time. It means if you say you'll stay late, you'll stay late. It means if you've given a tough assignment, you'll do that tough assignment. You, that's what it takes to be a servant. And by the way, that's what it takes for God to then promote us to being a leader. Christians ought to be the best workers. We ought to be the most, most motivated. We ought to be the most productive. We ought to be the ones working the hardest, giving 110% all the time. Why? Because we're not just working for an earthly master. We're working for the Lord Jesus Christ. It says so right in this passage. Look at verse number 7. With goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Some of us are worried about witnessing to our co-workers. You want me to tell you the best way to set yourself up to, for a good witness? Do good work. It opens up the doors for evangelism. Good workmanship opens up doors. Determination and perseverance opens up doors. You ever hear of somebody complaining that they uh, that someone's trying to cram Jesus down their throat? We've heard people talk about that, that so-and-so is a Christian, they try to cram the Bible down my throat. Often, if you investigate that, what you'll find is the problem really is that they're preaching Jesus more than they're living Jesus. Most of the time, if we live the way we ought to, we treat people the way we ought to, they don't have so much of a problem when we talk to them about what we believe. God opens the door for our witness. I really believe that. William Lane said, let the excellence of your work be your protest. You want to protest incompetence? Be competent. 
Protest dishonesty? Be honest. You want to protest laziness? Be industrious. You want to protest office politics? Be upfront with people. Go to work. Do what God has given you to do. If you'll work with excellence and perseverance, God will open all kinds of doors for you. If you remember, as about a month and a half ago, we preached on uh, out of Acts when uh, <clears throat> when Peter and John healed the lame man. Remember, they were going to pray at the hour of prayer. They went to the temple. That's what they were going to do is to pray. Uh, and then they healed this, uh, God through them healed this lame man. And when they healed the lame man, crowd gathered. And what happened? Peter got to preach. God opened up a door because he was excellent in doing what he needed to do and caring for other people. I'm just telling us, we give our best and we do our part and we give our 100%. God will open up doors for you. So do your work respectfully, do it sincerely, and then do your work conscientiously. Look at verse number 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. What's eye service? We probably have all been there before where maybe people are sitting around, maybe they're chatting, maybe they're taking it easy, and someone says, quick, here comes the boss. You ever been there before? Feet fly off of desks. People start to act busy, look, start carrying folders, and, and uh, you know, acting like, uh, suddenly there's a bustle happening there, phone calls, typing, filing, all that's taking place all of a sudden because the boss showed up. We, I saw it all the time. We had, we had uh, about, not, well, we have 13 in the end warehouses, and, and uh, when the owner would show up, man, he would get out of his car out in the parking lot. By the time he came from his car into the building, you'd think we were the, the whole building was just a, uh, industrious place where before people were taking it easy. That's eye service. The Bible says we shouldn't act like that. When you work hard because you think someone is watching, uh, that's eye service. Eye service is also when you have your eye on the clock and seeing if you can shave off five minutes here, ten minutes there. Eye service cuts corners on the job. What does Then, then it talks about here uh, not as men pleasers. What does that mean? Doing something only to curry favor with your superiors. Now, what's wrong with eye service or men please? We ought to be we ought to be willing and eager to please those that we're working for, but not doing it for the right reason is what this is talking about. Verse six says, "As the servants of Christ." Now, can I just remind you how revolutionary this text would have been? It's written to men and women who were basically born in chains. To those word, the words of Jesus, don't think of yourself as a servant of man, but also as a servant of Jesus Christ. Do your job because you're working for the Lord. How many of you have ever had a, you don't have to raise your hand, but just in, in your mind think about it. Have you ever had a really bad boss? Uh, I've had one in my life. Probably most of us have had. Uh, Anthony has a terrible boss. Uh, but uh, we sometimes have, <laughs> we've went through our life, we have a, a bad boss. Uh, this helps tremendously if we realize we're not, we're working for him, yes, ultimately working for the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we have that attitude at work, it revolutionizes our spirit at work and helps us to have a better attitude there. Uh, you are working for him. Do it because you're working for Jesus. Do it because you're working, uh, you're, you're doing the will of God from your heart. Do it because Jesus Christ is watching you always. You know, the, remember the song, Oh, Be Careful Little Hands, what you do for the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful little hands, what you do. He's always watching, always seeing what we do. Do your work conscientiously, the Bible says here. 
This means using your mouth, your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet in service of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do your work not only for your boss or your paycheck, but because Jesus Christ in heaven is watching you. And then what's going to happen is that because you are being a willing servant, you're doing your work conscientiously, you're doing your work respectfully, you're doing your work sincerely, and all of a sudden you're going to find yourself a 360-degree leader. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Uh, you don't have to have a position to be a leader. A 360-degree leader can lead above, lead below, lead around, and just by virtue of you having the right kind of testimony, the right kind of spirit, you'll be amazed at the impact you'll have at your workplace. It changes everything. It really does when we take on the attitude of a servant. A man once hired his son-in-law to build him a house. He told his son-in-law that the house was going to be a surprise for his wife for their 30th anniversary. And he told him, I don't want you to spare any expense when you build this home. Well, the son-in-law, being a cheap, skinflint type of guy, made his living ripping people off. Never liked his mother-in-law. She didn't think he was good enough for her daughter. And so he was uh, already working out in his head how much money he could get for the job and then do everything as cheap as possible. So he charged his father-in-law for the best equipment, the best lumber, roofing, plumbing, all those things. And then he only used the cheapest and most second-hand materials he could find. When the house was finished, he handed the keys over to his father-in-law who promptly handed the keys back to him. And says, actually, this is for you and uh, my daughter. I wanted to gift this as a wedding present uh, for you all. So one day we're going to be rewarded for uh, according to the work that we did. And uh, think of that illustration, and I don't know if that's true or not. I just got it out of an illustration book, but it's, a, it's an apt illustration of what will happen for us. We will reap what we sow. And if we're going to be shoddy workers, we're going to reap shoddily as well. Finally, do your work eagerly. Look at verse number 7. With goodwill, doing service as to the Lord, not to men. Hear the idea again, as to the Lord, not to men. I'm telling you what a difference that makes. Because one of the most discouraging things at the workplace is when you have part of the crew slacking and you're working harder than others. Of course, they're getting paid the same or more than you, but you're carrying more of the work. But if we do this as to the Lord and not to men, it can revolutionize the attitude within us. And this has the idea of wholeheartedly. We ought to throw ourselves into whatever we do. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it with all your might. Will Rogers said, even if you're on the right track, you'll get run over if you just sit there. Uh, we ought to throw ourselves into our, our uh, services wholeheartedly. Work as if you're serving Jesus Christ, not men. Why? Because the Lord is going to reward you uh, fairly. And uh, he will reward you as you should be rewarded because the, it's the law of the harvest that the Bible talks about. We reap what we sow. This is the opposite of working with a sullen spirit. This is the opposite of working half-heartedly. This is the opposite of working with a lazy attitude. This is the opposite of working... Uh, while dreaming of finding another job or just uh, putting the time in until you can find something better. Would you like a promotion at your job? I'll give you a secret how. Go back to work tomorrow, throw yourself into it eagerly and sincerely and wholeheartedly, and it'll make a difference. <clears throat> I remember uh, I was in management in the company we were at, and uh, we, would, we opened 
uh, when I started, we had two stores. When I left, we had 13 warehouses. And so I was in the growth process there. And once in a while, we'd be looking for management. We never hired outside. We always promoted from within. And we'd have 50 names of different employees that we would be considering for management. I remember times when we had nobody <laughs> wanted to promote. And not because the ability wasn't there. It's because we couldn't trust them. Uh, we, they didn't have the character. And I'm telling you, from the other side of it, if you have somebody that has this type of attitude at work that does it wholeheartedly, sincerely, honestly, and uh, does it as unto the Lord, they'll, they'll fly right to the top. People who are wholehearted, eagerly committed to what they do uh, will rise in the workplace because the world today is filled with lazy, no good slackers. That's just the, the truth of the matter. And if you want to be politically correct, instead of lazy, we can say power-saving mode. But I still call it lazy. Amen. All kinds of people today work hard at doing nothing and, uh, or relabel what they're doing to make it sound more important. <laughs> but uh, work hard at doing nothing. They create ways to avoid work. This is just an example. This isn't truth. This is just pastor joke. Okay, uh, we, I was... Uh, thinking one day of naming my bed the Word. That way when people would call, say, I'm sorry, I'm in the Word. I can't talk to you right now. See how that would work? Or naming my motorcycle visitation. I would just constantly be out on visitation. Man. But, uh, okay, you guys didn't get it quite like I did. It's just a joke. I'm not going to do that. But uh, people do all kinds of things to try to get out of work and weasel out of their uh, responsibilities. Every corporation is filled with people like that. It should never be God's people. We ought to always give it all. Do your work as the Bible says, and people will notice. William Barclay said, It is a conviction of every Christian worker that what he produces must be good enough to show God. Think about that statement. What we do ought to be good enough to show God. And we, not, not just the boss, not just our supervisor, but to show it to the Lord. What have you produced this week? And is that good enough to show God. That's a great thought for us to end on. You're called by God to view your job as a calling and a ministry. You call, we ought to look at it as a mission field. You're called to your job as much as I'm called to my job. I, we got different vocations, but both of us have the same purpose to reach people for Christ. And workplaces can be tremendous mission fields. Every one of you this week will meet people that I probably will never meet. All of us have opportunities and doors open to us that give us the ability to spread the gospel, and we ought to be about it. Sometimes we talk about callings, uh, God's calling for our life as only for pastors and missionaries, but it's everybody that meets people has that opportunity. I was uh, at camp last, not this summer, the, the last summer, and uh, one of the last days at camp, uh, the, the uh, porta potties were full. And uh, the trucks came in, and uh, the guys got to work cleaning out the porta potties. I was thinking, man, wonder if they were in school and thinking forward. I can't wait. One day, one day, I'm going to be a porta potty cleaner outer. I don't know if that's the official term for it. I was too embarrassed to ask. But uh, hey, is that an important job? If you're at camp with a bunch of kids, it's a real important job. Amen. It was something we were grateful for. 
But I'm just telling you, whatever we're involved in, whatever we're doing, we ought to put our all into it. Whatsoever you do, do it with all your might. Look at verse number 8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. Now that's a convicting verse. What you give out is what you get back. Whatever good thing you'll do, the same you'll receive. Uh, it's very discouraging to work at a thankless job. But one reason we continue to do it sincerely and uh, wholeheartedly is that the Lord will reward us. And we, most of us, don't get, don't expect at our daily jobs to be praised for what we do. How, how would you feel, by the way, if the owner of your company, whatever you work at, or the office you work at, would call you and say, call you into his office and say, we've been watching you. I know some people's response, I'll, I'll start going pack my things. <laughs> but uh, what, what would be the response to that? Uh, but I'm here to tell you tonight, God is watching you. God's watching everything that we do, how we do it, and we need to have a wholehearted spirit in it. Everything you do on the job is seen and rewarded. God will be no man's debtor. And I love that verse, how it ends up here. Whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive from the Lord, whether bond or free. Now, notice two things here, rules for the employer or the boss or the master. Look at verse 9. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, for forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Do not threaten. Uh, realize there's a God above with no partiality. There's, uh, these, are, these are things that sometimes uh, employers, bosses, can uh, go overboard in making threats, pushing people down, playing favorites. But notice the reason in the text for not doing that, because both the master... And uh, your, your master has a master in heaven. Again, every person has a master. We see that here. And we also realize, even if we're at the top, even if we're at the CEO, we also have a master in heaven. And we need, to, uh, we need to be careful how we treat people. I really believe that when we get to heaven, God's not going to ask us about our profit or our bottom line. It's going to be much more important how we treated other people when it comes to our life there. This is the idea of servant leadership. The true test of someone's character is how they treat people who can do nothing for them. I know I've said that statement over and over throughout this whole couple of messages, but, but mark that down. How do you treat people who can do nothing for you? Everyone treats people good who can benefit them. But to treat people good who can do absolutely nothing for you. John Stott was a British pastor. Let me read you a quote. He said, Our great need is the ability to see Jesus Christ and set him before us. It is possible for the housewife to cook a meal as if Jesus Christ were going to eat it. It is possible for teachers to educate children, for doctors to treat patients and nurses to care for them, for lawyers to help clients. Oh, lawyers. How about that? Writers to serve customers accountants to audit books, and secretaries to type letters as if in every case they were serving Jesus Christ. That's how we ought to live. That's how we ought to work. That's how we ought to do what we do. Christian, who are you working for? We ought to be working ultimately for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're working only for an earthly master, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your life. Behind every earthly master stands a heavenly master. Behind the chairman of the board stands the chairman of the universe, and that's who we ought to ultimately be living to please and living to serve. If you're doing it just for a paycheck, 
or just for a career. Uh, as a Christian, we're wasting our time. We're spinning our wheels. We ought to be serving the Lord Jesus Christ and doing it as unto him. Uh, when you cheat your boss, you're lazy, you show up late, when you're disrespectful, you are sinning against God uh, just as you're sinning against them. John Wesley said this on being a servant, do all the good you can by all the means you can in all the ways you can in all the places you can at all times you can to all people you can as long as you can. That ought to be our motto. Jesus, the greatest leader in all the Bible, was never called a leader but he was called a servant. Many times he was called a servant. He said in Luke twenty-two twenty-seven, I am among you as he that serveth. Isn't that a blessing? The Lord Jesus Christ was a servant. Can we do any, uh, I mean, do, can we have an attitude that we are better than he is? Absolutely not. We can do no less than to do what the Lord Jesus Christ did, and that was to be a servant. Could you say that to those that you deal with this week? I am among you as he that serveth. That's what Jesus said to us, and that's what he demonstrated to us. I love the, the picture of Jesus last night on earth, of the many things he could be doing, spending time with his family, preaching a last message, preaching a last service, but the last thing he did on the last night of his life is he got on his knees and washed the feet of the disciples. Did the lowest job of the lowest servant, to demonstrate to them. And he told them, if, if I being your master, and you say, well, if I am your master can do this, so can you. And we ought to have that attitude in our daily life as servants. Father, we ask you today that you put this to practice in our life. Help us, Lord, to use these principles and not constantly scramble for the top of the heap, Lord, but look for ways to serve others. And Lord, I truly believe, as Scripture demonstrates, that as we serve, we will impact, we'll make a difference. Lord, you'll bring people in our lives that we can affect for eternity. And in that way, we become leaders. And I pray you'd help us to have that attitude, servant leadership. We'll give the rest of this evening to you. Give us safety on our way home now, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.